Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. My name is Wayne. I've just recently come on full-time in the life of the church as a pastor and God has been incredibly kind. I'm married to a beautiful wife, Genevieve, and I've got two boys. And quite some time ago, I think in 2009, the doctor said that I will never or we will never have a family. Can you put that up? They lied. God is faithful. I want to tell you this morning, God is faithful and the enemy is a liar. He is a liar. Where is your mind set this morning? Where is your heart set this morning? The enemy is a liar. God is faithful. And so I want to bring that encouragement to you this morning. And I know that I'm standing here not because of what I've done, because of what I've done. Nothing by my own deeds, but by God's grace. But by God's grace. His love compels me. His love steers me. And that's why I'm here this morning. And I want to encourage you this morning. How's that? I know that Eternity Matters has been going on for quite a few weeks. And Mark last week, especially last week, preached on our finances. He showed it on the board. And it was incredible. I had people sitting at Guest Central saying, I've never, ever seen that in the life of the church. No one has ever, ever disclosed their finances to us. I'm like, oh, welcome to Life Changes Church. We are very open here. We tell you what we have, and we also tell you what we don't have. It's called family. So welcome to Life Changes Church. I'm, I'm encouraged to see Alizine and Anthony here this morning. I met with them, um, and I've walked with them for three weeks before they got married. They gave their lives to the Lord today. They're sitting right there. Why don't you stand, guys? Just for a second, give them a hand. God is good, He's kind. And I just want to encourage you this morning. You are my first salvations as a full time pastor. <laughs> God is good. Have a seat. <laughs> Eternity is on my mind this morning. And as we've been going through this series, I thought sitting here and listening to everything, Gabe's encouragement, calls have been given away. It's amazing. I'm, I'm waiting for the houses to be given away. Something's going to happen when eternity matters. The mindset is not on earth, but in heaven. So eternity matters. And I've been encouraged throughout um, this series. Um, I've got a beautiful family. And so if I look at that, and when I look at that, I, I'm starting to think, God, what have you got for me? Because there's so much more. When I see each and every one of you, when I hear your stories, especially with the link partners looking in and I'm having met with them, God is incredible. He is incredible. When I look at that, I'm thinking, Lord, wow, that's amazing. My little boy, Zach and Lee, I just want to tell you a story about the two of them, just so you understand. Zachary, we've adopted maybe a year ago, just about a year ago, over a year ago. And hey, a beautiful boy. Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you. And he's such a joy. He brought something that we probably didn't have in that character. And he's just added to our family big time. Moreover, God is adding something to our family. It's not me doing anything, but God adding. So if we look at it from that perspective, we give him all the glory. And Lee is a boy who struggled with maths. He struggled. Today, he's getting over 60% without any tutors. And God is just doing incredible things in this family when we live on faith and what God is doing. And so I've got eternity on my mind, and I want to read a scripture this morning. It's out of Colossians 3. If you can put that on the board, and why don't we stand and we read this together?
If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death the members which are on, on, on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for your word, Lord. I pray, God, that you will have your way this morning, Father. I pray that even as I stand here this morning, that you will be seen this morning, God, more than anything else. We honor you. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a seat. Thank you. No one familiar with Colossians will ever be misled. It is so clear. It gives us so much direction. If you look at the first four verses in Colossians 3, 1 to 11, it says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. It's, it's incredible how he starts with it. He says, seek. And we've done John 6 um, over the past few weeks, and it says, seek first the kingdom of God. But it's amazing when you seek, what happens when you find it? Then the question is, what do you do? Because you've been looking for something. That's like looking for your wallet. You're looking for your wallet because you want to do something. So this verse starts with, seek those things which are above. Then the question is, what do you do? And look what, what Paul writes after. That. And then he says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. How cool is that? To set your mind on something means that you've made up your mind You've allowed yourself to receive something, and then you're putting the sum of things together in order to accomplish something. So to set your mind on things on earth follows that which you've been seeking, which is so amazing. So once you've had your wallet and you want to do something, you're setting your mind on doing something, which is absolutely incredible. So if you read these first few verses in Colossians, you'll understand that Paul wants you to set your mind. And if you read what happens after that, you'll understand why he starts with something that's going to be the anchor in order for you to accomplish everything in chapter 3 and 4, which is so good. 1 John 2, verse 15 to 17 says this, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Amazing. There are three kinds of practical that we live by in this world. Number one, life experiences and living it. Two, educational experiences and applying it. And three, doctrine and practicing. This morning, I want to tell you my life experience as it's been going on. As we were thinking eternities, most of you know my story. Some, most of you don't. And uh, I think... It's just fair to tell you the story as to how I came to be in the life of this church. And um, quite a while ago, it was a beautiful, beautiful summer 
well, it wasn't summer yet, it was winter actually, when we met with Mark and Candace and we thought, wow, we're going for breakfast, it's going to be amazing. And so off, Jen and I went to meet with Mark and Candace and I could feel the breeze in my face as I got out of the car at Bloberg Cafe and it was just amazing, what a beautiful day. And we sat with Mark and Candace and we had conversation after conversation and then I heard Candace say, okay boy, uh, you got to tell them, I'm like, oh my goodness. What's happening here? We haven't had breakfast yet. So what's happening here? Anyway, so Mark goes on to say that how would you um, feel coming into the life of the church full time? And man, I, I don't know what happened. I think, I, I think I either went blind or I had some kind of blood rush through my head. I was sweating. I went quiet. I was mute at that time. Didn't say anything. And I think my wife did all the talking at that point in time. I don't know what, what was happening. It was something, some out-of-body experience when Mark asked this question. Because I was never, ever asked this question in terms of really that it's going to happen. I thought about it. But it was never going to happen in terms of how I was going to approach this. Because I had ideas of what my life was going to look like. I thought, well, at age 55, I'll retire. I'll be cool. And, and then, Lord, I'll run full-time for you. How's that? Because then I'm retired and I can do all the things that you've called me to, to do in the life of the church. I had a plan. God disrupted that. And so this morning, I want to talk about faith, hope, and love. What happens when you set your mind on eternity? It's called the trilogy of virtue. And that's called faith, hope, and love. And I'm going to share my story through faith, hope, and love. And I know I remember how Mark challenged me and said, if God is not in it, don't do it. But God has to be in it. Otherwise, you're on your own. It's not Mark asking you because he said to me that he's not responsible for what happens. If he's not here tomorrow, things should still be happening the way God has called it to happen. And so I need to pray about it. So I kept on praying about that. And I must admit, it was thrilling. I remember my first salary, 1,250 rand in 1991. Who was alive in 1991? I was like, goodness me, it was a lot of money. <laughs> um, and then 3,500 rand. And, and I was going, yes, 3,500 rand, amazing, I am making it. And then I became a manager at uh, Dimension Data. And I thought, yes, the money is great. I'm just, you know, I'm climbing this corporate ladder. It's incredible. And then the city came calling. Oh, man, the salary package was amazing. I thought, come on, Lord, this is good. Head of service management, what a title. Ah, cool, what is that? All right, and then I thought, well, that's cool. And then I became a full-time pastor. Now, everybody knows what I'm doing, but nobody knows my salary. That's <laughs> that. <laughs> Set your mind on things above and not things on the earth. One has to have faith. And not just any faith, but faith in something. Because it's important. We are counted for what we have faith for. And I trust this morning that I'll encourage you that my faith was always in Jesus Christ. To start my story off, I didn't think I would ever be able to become a full-time pastor because I sold myself short. In many ways, I've sold myself short. When I was asked that question, I thought, oh, am I ready for this? Can I do this? I had to consider my marriage 
and in particular my wife, um, coming from a, a job where you had everything, and then entering into the life of the church, I had to consider my boys and their futures and what God has in store for them. <clears throat> All these things went through my mind. But one of the biggest things that went through my mind is, am I capable? Have I been called? And so I went on this journey of asking pastors all over, praying about it, fasting about it, and asking God, really, Lord, is this true? Is this happening? And um, because if I get it wrong, if I get it wrong, and let's say God is not in it, this thing falls flat. Yeah, I sit with nothing. But God's grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. And so it wasn't what pastors told me or anything else that I've done. It was my relationship with Jesus Christ that showed me all that he has done for me. And so I look back and I look at a soup kitchen we started, and we were just like rebels with the cause. You know, started a soup kitchen, we're going to do this, we went out, and that soup kitchen is still running today. So it's amazing how God has anchored us into something that he's called me to, and that gave me the reassurance that I was hearing God, because that soup kitchen is still running today. And then... We started a reading room, and my wife gave up her job. She had a good salary. She gave up her job because God has called her to do something full-time in the community. She's also now the headmistress here of Junior Junction. So if you want your kids there, please come and chat to my wife. <laughs> and that was incredible. And so the reading room is still running in the noon, and she still goes there twice a week to just go and check up on the teachers and the kids and how they are doing. Things have been happening, and God has been faithful. And I had a lot of excuses not to head into this thing. But then I read a scripture in Exodus 4, 11, when Moses was about to be sent to Egypt to get God's people out of captivity. And Moses made an excuse. He couldn't talk. He couldn't say anything. But listen to what Exodus 4, 11 says. It says, So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Meaning, if I am with you, your disability is, number one, no excuse, and you will prosper. You will prosper. And so when I sought the Lord on these things, I thought, how incredible. God is faithful. God is faithful. And I need to look at Christ's past, because this is what faith means. Faith says, it, faith is the soul looking upward to God. It rests on the work of Christ's past. So you have confidence that what Christ has done in the past, because he says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, you can have confidence in what he's going to do. And that's called faith. Galatians 2.20 says it this way, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It's beautiful. It is no longer I who live. When I started making decisions around where I wanted to be, oh, Lord, am I good enough to get into the love of the... No. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. My confidence is not in my ability. My confidence is in Christ Jesus. Number two, hope. And this is what hope means. Looks forward to the future, anticipates the future. An eternal mindset gives us hope. Verse 4 says this, this way. When Christ, who is our life, appears, 
then you also will appear with him in glory. When I consider Christ as my great shepherd, I'm totally comforted. Ever thought of Psalm 23 when you go through trouble? Ever thought of Psalm 23 when you go through good times? Ever thought of Psalm 23 when you just, okay? It is the complete psalm, complete word of God in our hearts. It is medicine to our hearts when we meditate on Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Period. Period. There's nothing else that matters. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And so when I made that decision and coming into the life of the church, that psalm resonated with me. Because you could easily get into the financials. You could easily get into, oh, the money and uh, what am I going to, to get and how is this? Actually, when I read that, I said, he's the God of the hills and the God of the valleys. doesn't matter where you are. He is God over you. And he hasn't changed his mind. He hasn't changed his mind. He's still the same God. And so when I look at all the things that we've gone through, we've gone through two miscarriages in our, in our marriage. And it was sad times. It was really tough times. And, um, and one could easily question when you start thinking, two miscarriages, come on, Lord, give us a break. But I, I understand that if I start thinking in that sense that I'm realizing that I've got an earthly nature that immediately starts questioning. Now, there's nothing wrong with questioning God. There's nothing wrong with saying, Lord, what has happened here or what is happening there? Because over time, God will reveal that to you. If it's not immediately, it will be in time. He will reveal. God wants you to ask because it brings you into relationship with Him. It's a good thing, and I've realized that even through the tough times that we went through. But my hope was always in God. That never changed. My hope was always in God, and today... That hope is on display. Romans 5, verse 2 to 5 says this way, Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit which was given to us. Hope doesn't disappoint. But how incredible is it that before you get to hope, there's perseverance, there's the development of character that all happens before you get to hope. And I look at my journey, I realize sometimes you don't even know that you, these things are being developed in you. That when it comes to making a decision of, of being full-time in the life of the church and you're, like, you're so excited, you want to do this thing, you want to get into the life of the church, Lord, I can serve you. You don't realize that that character has been developed over time. That you get to say something off the cuff and not sweat about it too much because when I got to the point of praying and fasting three months going through this, this decision-making trial, I still had an excitement in my heart. It was thrilling to think God, the God of the universe, wants me to be full-time in the life of the church. Clearly, I've got something that He wants for me. And number three, love. Love looks outwards towards others, but it works in the present. So it's not I'm going to love someone. You either have it or you don't. And so love is not a something that I may be getting, because the Bible says if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have love. 
So it's either a physical decision or mental decision that you're making not to love, which is an action, which is a decision that we make, or you're allowing the Spirit to lead you. And so I didn't become a full-time pastor for the title, for anything, because it's cool and I love Mark and Gabe and the life of the church. On the contrary, it's really not about any title. There's no title here. I've become a full-time pastor because God has called me because of the gifts that he's given me. I'm not here because I want to stand on this pulpit, believe me. But if God calls me, I'll do it for his glory. But more so to love people. To love people. And it looks different for many. But I know what God has placed in my heart for people. I know what he's placed in my heart for people. And when I speak to people, when I meet with people, whether it's sad or happy or anything else in between, I know God has placed me there for a reason. And that is to bring life. His life. John 3, 16 the most famous verse ever says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's the best gift ever. I get to partner with that gift. I get to partner with Jesus Christ to love his people, to serve his people, and to bring his people into freedom. Not just you, but myself. The decision that I've made wasn't just because I wanted to serve people. It was also to bring myself into freedom because of what God has done. So there are three practical steps. Please just hang with me. I, I know that we're a bit long with all the things that has been happening. So if you can bear with me, just have grace on the time, please. Three practical things that help me. Number one, seek the heavenly perspective. And John 3, 3 says this, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And so I realized if we speak about eternity, there are people here that might have to make up their mind if they want to see it. John 3, 3 says, if you are not born again, you, you cannot see it. So, so I want to encourage you this morning, if you're sitting here and you haven't made a decision for Christ, now's the time. It is a resurrected mindset. To set your mind on things above. Number two, set the earthly perspective. Make a decision. Put off the old man. Romans 8 verse 5 to 6 says this. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and is peace. Which mind is controlling you this morning? Which mind? Do you have life? Do you have peace? And then strengthen the Christ perspective. Christ is enough. He is enough. Colossians 3.16 says this, let the Word of God dwell in you richly. To know the Word of God is to know Jesus. That's all I can tell you. You want to know Jesus? Read the Bible. He's all over it. To know Jesus is to know the Word of God. We're not living up there floating. 
To know the Word of God is to know Jesus, and that's important. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so we need to understand, in order to know Jesus Christ, is to know the Word. When we know the Word, we start setting our minds on things above and not things on the earth. Philippians 1 says this, being confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's beautiful. I get a quote. How about throwing an A.W. Tozer in there? Is that okay? That's all right. Do you guys know? Yeah, okay. Anyway. Let's do an A.W. Tozer. Since he is the being supreme over all, it follows that God cannot be elevated. Nothing is above him, nothing beyond him, any motion in his direction is elevation for the creature, away from him, descent. He holds his position out of himself and by leave of none. As no one can promote him, so no one can degrade him. It is written that he upholds all things by the word of his power. How can he be raised or supported by the things he upholds? Were all human beings suddenly to become blind, Still the sun would shine by day and the stars by night, for these owe nothing to the millions who benefit from their light. So were every man on earth to become atheist, it could not affect God in any way. He is what he is in himself with regard, without regard to any other. To believe in him adds nothing to his perfections. To doubt him takes nothing away. Incredible. Incredible. It doesn't matter where you are. I've told someone before, he says, God loves you and he's not going to change his mind. He's not going to change. You can't change it, by the way. You can't change his mind. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. <laughs> oh, it's incredible scripture. I read that and I was like, oh, whew, I don't have to do anything. When he appears, I will appear with him. In glory. What a beautiful scripture. What a beautiful thing when we understand who Christ Jesus is and what he has done for us that you don't get to do anything but rest in the work of Jesus Christ. Why don't we stand this morning? This morning I want to tell you that God is better. He is better. The decision I've made wasn't one that I did in my flesh, but because of the work that he's done in my life. But this morning, I want to ask you, what if God came this morning? What if you were challenged this morning? What if you were challenged to drop everything? What if you were challenged if God says, well, leave everything behind and follow me? Where would you be? What would be in your heart at that time? Can you close your eyes for a second? He is the King of Kings, and He wants our hearts. But He doesn't just want our hearts, He doesn't just want our jobs. You also want to be king over your finances, which is probably one of the toughest things that one could ever speak about, whether you have or whether you don't have. Everyone celebrates the great men and women of faith. But I think we're challenged when we have to take that journey.
I think we're challenged. It's great to stand and we can applaud these women of faith when we read Hebrews 11. It's absolutely incredible. But would you give up your life to be a Hebrews 11 man or woman of faith? Where's your heart this morning? What if God interrupted you, your lifestyle, and everything that you're living for at this point in time? What would you say? This morning, I want to encourage you. Eternity matters. Set your mind on things above and not things on the earth. God is faithful. I want to pray for us this morning. Before I pray, I want to ask if there's anyone who'd love to just journey with God, if there's anyone who'd like to give their life to this man called Jesus Christ who's given it all, that you don't have to do anything. He's beautiful. Why don't you just raise your hand and I'll pray for you where I am. With all eyes closed, I want to pray for you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. God is kind. Thank you, ma'am. I'm not standing here by my own works or anything that I've done. This picture is a picture of God's grace. Why don't I pray for you? Father, we thank you for those hands that are raised, Lord. We thank you, God, that you are faithful, God. Thank you, God, that you are for them and not against them. And you will never change your mind. We thank you this morning, God, as we celebrate as we celebrate those who have said yes to the King of glory this morning. We thank you, Father, for John 3.16 that explains it all this morning. But I pray, Lord, not just hands raised, but I thank you, God, that they've been seeking. Now I pray, Lord, that they'll set their minds on the kingdom. All glory and honor and praise is yours in Jesus' name. Amen.